Father, we thank you for the day, this beautiful day. It's a gift. Father, every breath that we take is a gift from you. May we embrace it, cherish it, and use that next moment of life. Every time we breathe, every time our heart beats, that means we have one more time to sing praises to you, to give you glory, honor for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, and for all that will be done throughout the coming years until Jesus comes. Father, take this time, prepare us for what you have to say to us this morning. May we listen very closely, not, not to the man behind the pulpit, but Father, may we be tuned in to you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this assembly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A little bit of background. The journey, the journey for the Hebrew nation is uh, coming to a, a tremendous, a huge transition. You know, most often we measure journeys by steps, miles, time, experiences, all of those things. But obviously the most important journey that we should be concerned about is our spiritual journey. Where is that journey taking us? Where will it end up? Journeys take us to new places. There can be unknowns. There can be unexpecteds along the way. But one thing remained constant through all of our journeys, at least for mine personally, and I would say for many of you, if not most of you here this morning, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And I believe that that's what God wants us to hear, at least in part this morning. Folks, we're not home yet. We're still on a journey. But isn't it a wonderful ride? Isn't it a wonderful, wonderful trip that we're on together? Today we're going to look at a significant transition in the journey of God's people, the Hebrew nation. They have finished the wilderness wanderings after the exodus out of Egypt. They are about to enter the promised land, and there has been a change in leadership. Let's join Joshua and the people and see what we can learn about God and ourselves as we join the Hebrew nation in their journey. Would you please stand at the reading of God's word? Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 will be our text today. If you are able to stand, we always do this uh, for those who are able uh, as a way of honoring the Word of God as it is proclaimed. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. And if at least make a mental underline of that verse, allow me to read it again. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed 
this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Father, please bless the reading of your word. May it find root in our hearts and application in our lives as we pray this for the glory and honor of Jesus our Lord, the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Now the first question that we're going to answer as we delve into this text, the first question that we must answer and get it right is who is the main character in this story? Go ahead, somebody try. Is it Moses? Is it Joshua? Is it the Levitical priest? Who's the main character? And I refer to it as a character rather loosely, but he's the point of the whole story, folks. He is the point of this whole account from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation. He is the point. Jesus Christ is the point. And so we want to make sure we understand that as we begin to follow Joshua and the Israel people, Hebrew nation, into the promised land. So as we enter the year of our Lord, 2024, our journey continues at Grace Community Church. And what does it look like? What will it look like? Well, first of all, first preaching point to consider this morning, it's a journey filled with adventure. And we will experience it together. The Hebrew nation had endured 10 plagues of Egypt and been miraculously delivered by God under the protection of the blood of the Lamb, same as our deliverance. They had witnessed the parting of the Red Sea and the annihilation of Pharaoh's army. They had lived on manna from heaven. Who is our manna today? Christ our Lord. He is the bread of life. Do you know what manna is, the, the simplest definition of manna in the Hebrew language? What is it? That's, that's literally what it means. What is it? But it sustains God's people in the wilderness. Do you know that during that 40 years of wandering, the sandals on the feet of the people didn't even wear out? How many of you have more than one pair of shoes at home? Don't hold up your hand. <laughs> Well, they only had one pair, a pair of sandals. Do you know what? They didn't wear out for 40 years. Now, you tell me God doesn't provide. They don't make them like that anymore, do they? No. Amen. They had received the law through Moses. They had established the tabernacle. And I just wonder, we know they camped there on the banks of the Jordan for three nights. I just wonder how much Joshua slept. I just wonder how much sleep he got during that time. We can only guess. Scripture doesn't tell us. Do you think he slept that night? Was he reflecting on the words of Moses that Moses had spoken to the people of Israel and to him personally? For three days they camped every day watching the flood waters of the Jordan. The Jordan was at flood stage, so they're watching these raging waters. Guys, the Jordan was out of its banks it was, it was flooding. 
Not only would there be the visual of seeing that water rushing by with all the debris that it would carry along, but there would also be the sounds you could hear all night long for three nights. They were listening to the water rush by. And then Joshua was going to tell them to step into that. Think about this moment. Then in verse 3, we read again, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant, what does the Ark of the Covenant represent? Who is, who, what's the dwelling place or dwelling of the Ark of the Covenant? Who is it? It's God. It's God. It's the presence of God. And, the, and they tell the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. We're going in. We're going in. Oh, my friends, do not be afraid. Sometimes you got to step into the water to believe God for who he is. Great old gospel song. I wish we was ready to sing it. Step into the water. Go out a little bit. You know that song? Old gospel song. Remember this, God had already promised the land to Abraham and his descendants. Listen to Genesis 15. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell over Abram. And behold, a dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. The Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and it will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years, but I will bring judgment on the nation and that that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great with out with great possessions. So the, Abraham is getting the prophecy of the people being in captivity in Egypt for 400 years. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenzites, and the Kedmonites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and all of them ites, and uh, yeah, and Raphael, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Guess what? They're going to get it all. They're going to get it all. My friends, brothers and sisters, listen to this. This is the promise given to Abraham that Israel would possess the land. And don't you watch the news and worry about the conflict in the Middle East right now. Israel ain't going nowhere. It's not going anywhere. God promised that land to Abraham and not just the borders they have right now, but expanded borders more from this sea to the river. They get it all the way to the Euphrates. They get it all the way north through Lebanon. They get it all the way south into Egypt. They get it all the way east past Jordan and beyond. Guys, this land is promised to them. It's promised to them. So we have to look at, at, at this, this adventure this adventure that they're on. And may we see our own life journey as an adventure, not knowing what's around the next corner, but we don't have to because God's already there. He's already around the corner. He's already in tomorrow. We don't have to worry about it. We're just going to meet him where he's already been. Amen? It, it's a journey. 
It's a journey where adjustments will be needed along the way. This is an important principle. I love strategy meetings. How many have ever been in a strategy meeting? Now, I am not here to condemn all planning, okay? But just think how ridiculous some of those meetings are. Well, we need a five-year forecast. Yeah, right. Let's just see what we're going to do tomorrow, you know? But planning is important, and I don't want to diminish that. I don't want to dismiss that as, as totally futile. But we have to be careful. Make, make a good plan and then trust God and be flexible. Make a good plan, trust God, and be flexible. Got to make adjustments along the way. That dreaded word in church life, are you ready? Change. Change. And this is so important. So important. Joshua is told to be ready. He had been prepared. He was ready to lead the people. But Joshua said this, and Joshua in chapter 1, and Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land your God is giving you as a possession. Jump forward to chapter 3. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. They were given Preparation orders. Get ready. Then Joshua would tell them, consecrate yourselves. You know what that means? Set apart. Set apart yourselves for what is about to happen. Follow who? Who are they going to follow? Right there. Praise the Lord. They're following God. They're following God. My friends, don't ever exalt a human leader beyond their proper place. You'll set them up for failure. Because there's only one totally 100% worthy of following, and that's God himself. Paul even made mention of this to the church in Corinth. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And if at any point, we don't think Paul's following Christ, then he shouldn't be followed, right? That was the point of this. There has to be adjustments along the way. The, the Hebrew nation would face horrible trials throughout the, 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 the next years to come. They would, they would, matter of fact, they'd even lose God, right? During wartime, God would be captured. The Philistines would take the ark and take it back to their kingdom. And that didn't work out very well, so they sent it back. They said, we don't want this guy. He's nothing but trouble. You take him. But, but guys, this is a reality of life. And I mean, how many have had life-changing moments? And I, and I want to back up so I can see the hands here. I'm talking about life-changing moments. That quick. Were they in your plan? Were they in your plan? That moment, that second, that split time in, in history when your life is altered forever. Guys, we don't prepare for those moments. And we need to be in a faith relationship with Christ when they come. 
when they come. And that's what journeys are about in the Christian life. The unknown, the unanticipated, the unplanned. But point number three is it's a journey of anticipation. And I would even add expectation. And there's that text, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. This is important. This is a command to the people to get themselves ready. In other words, get ready, be ready, set your, part, your lives apart for God because he's going to do wonders among you. God has a plan. We got to be willing to step into the water. Do we still live in this life of anticipation and expectation? Have we lost our awe and our wonder for a mighty God? For goodness sakes, don't do anything different, God. Don't rock the boat. I kind of like it in the still waters, you know just floating along here like a feather on a breeze hoping that everything's going to work out God says no I got a better life than that I got a life full of adventure I got a life full of anticipation I got an abundant life a full life and Christ is coming to provide that for all of you amen it's a journey of anticipation God has a plan for the future step into the water and watch what happens and as for you command the priest who will bear the ark of the covenant when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that we will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gershites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. God's still in front. God's still in charge. Adam, I give you a little charge this morning. Make sure you're following the leader before you lead the followers. Okay? Always make sure you're following the leader before you try to lead the followers. That was Joshua's primary responsibility. Joshua's first responsibility wasn't to lead the people. His first responsibility was to follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. Where are we going? I've never been this way before either, right? Joshua said, I, I have no idea. I know 38 years ago, I was at this point. <laughs> 38 years ago, we had a chance to go into the promised land, and we didn't. Two years out of Egypt, two years, they were standing at the bank of the Jordan ready to go in. The spies come back out of the promised land and said, we can't do this. We just can't go in. The, the people are too big. They're too powerful. We can't do that. cost them 38 years. Guys, I've, I personally don't have 38 years left. Amen? Well, thanks. <laughs> See, a whole bunch of you out there don't have 38 years left either. Praise God, right? Ready to go home. But we can make the best out of every moment that God gives us because we don't know when that, that moment is coming. Expect great things from a great God and Savior. Keep your eyes on him. Who? The ark. Why? For you have not passed this way before. We have not passed this way before. Adventure, adjustments, anticipation. Fourth and final, it is a journey where we will continue to advance until Jesus comes. You know why? Because that's exactly what he promised. 
The promised land is still before us. We are not home yet. The journey continues. The nation Israel's journey started with Abraham. And listen to this story. Hebrews 11, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he went in to live in the promised land, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him to the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundation, whose designer and builder is God. Well, listen to Hebrews 13, 14. For here... We have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. We're traveling just like Abraham, aren't we? Same spiritual journey. God's final covenant with Israel is yet to be fulfilled. God's covenant with the church has been filled. Joshua 1, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. And brothers and sisters and friends, I want you to know, we're going to get home just fine. We're going to get home just fine. We are the church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ, bought, paid for, and sealed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, Matthew 16 and verse 18. And that language is very important to understand where he says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it does not mean that the, the walls or, or barrier of the church is solid and, and, and in place. He's talking about the church moving against. The church is on the move and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we will finish the journey together. Two quick points, two quick points allow me to close with. I share this for, it just spoke to me, it's actually some, uh, some bits and pieces and parts that I read that a man by the name of Chuck Smith wrote. I won't give you the history of Chuck Smith, but uh, I've admired him for a long time and his work in ministry. He puts it this way, there is an uncertain future because we have not passed this way before. There is a fascination to uncertainty, a reason why we are interested in the new year. There is really no new year. Time goes on and is part of eternity. New year is a time of looking forward and looking back. There is a fascination for something new. People fascinated with news. Find out something I didn't know before. There's a desire for something better. The resolutions of the new year, a chance to start over, hoping for improvement. There's also fear of the unknown, isn't there? Fear of the unknown. We don't know the forces that we'll face, their power, their strength. We do not know the problems that might arise in the coming year. They will be economic, political, international, personal. But Joshua said this to the people. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Church, listen. Today is ours. God has given us today. The scripture also says that if you're not saved, today is the day of your salvation so you can begin this wonderful journey. Today is ours. Tomorrow's God's. Tomorrow's God's. There is no promise of tomorrow, but we have this moment. 
We have this moment in time, this moment in timeless eternity to make a difference in the world in which we live, to encourage a friend along the way, to edify the church, to lift up one another, to pray for one another and encourage one another. Today is what we have, this moment. Tomorrow is God's. There's value in uncertainty. It forces us to to put our, our lives in harmony With a, with a power that is equal to the opposition, equal or superior to the opposition we may endure in those tomorrows. So we have the uncertain future, but there's also the certainties of future. The past. God had said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. God had delivered his people. He had guided his people. He had supplied every need his people had. The past has taught us a lot of things about ourselves if number one would be weaknesses. And that's a good thing. Be glad we know them so that we can avoid them. We know what to watch out for. Through his guidance we turn the the stumbling blocks into stepping stones. I know that's an old cliche, but listen, that's what God does. Only God can do that. He turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones. The past has taught us many things about God. He was there in our hour of need, and he will always be there when we need him, and even when we don't or at least we think we don't, I should say. He supplied. He gave strength. He saw us through. You know, there's a certainty in the presence. In our text today, God had given the nation uh, Israel a new leader, and God gave them a new method of guidance. I want you to consider this. No more cloud or pillar of fire that Flint mentioned. Now they have the Ark of the Covenant, the law of God. And we have today the Holy Spirit. So we've gone one step further. Now to be walked by faith. How do we walk by faith? How do we trust God to give us the new provisions? The manna is going to cease for the people the certainty of the future unknown, and yet they're going to step into the water. Step into the water. The past is past. I cannot change it. The present is passing. I cannot stop it. How am I to face the future? Joshua 1 gives us the answer, and I close with these verses. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong, Courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you 
wherever you go. That's the promise of Scripture, my friends. You know, there's a lot of songs been written about the promised land. As much as I love this country, it's not it. Now, I, I say that in all honesty. I love this nation, but it's not the promised land. Many people around the world believe it is, and that's true. They believe it is. So we thank God for the blessings we have in this great nation, but this is not the promised land. That's home. That's home. And the most important question you can answer here before you leave this morning is, are you ready? Are you prepared? Have you been consecrated? Has God set you apart so that you can live in his home when this life is over? You see, everybody won't go to the promised land in the context in which we're talking because they got to be made ready for the promised land. Are you ready? Are you ready? Guys, are you excited? Come on. Frank, are you excited? Amen. What's God going to do tomorrow? Who knows, but it's going to be good, right? Let's, let's, let's bring it up a notch. we got to close. I know I'm, I'm out of time, but, but, but no, I'm not uh, because my mic's still on. But, <laughs> but guys, just think about the God of Israel, the God of this passage today and what he would do. Remember the Red Sea and, and Moses lifted his staff and the waters parted and the, and the nation, an entire nation crossed over on dry ground. Remember the River Jordan when they had to step into the water and it says the water piled up. It piled up as far as the city of Adam. Remember that it wouldn't be long before the sun would stand still at the very authority of God. And all of those things that would happen, and, and yes, they would have winds. They would have a magnificent win at Jericho. What happened at Ai? They got defeated because Achan stole some of the treasures and brought them back. Guess what? They were buried in his tent. They had to go back and dig up all the stuff that Achan had stolen so they could go back to Ai and get a victory. Now, I don't have time to go through the entire history of Israel here or the Hebrew nation. But I'm telling you, there will be ups and there will be downs. There will be adjustments to make along the way. But by golly, we're going to make it to the promised land. We're going to make it because God's leading us. He's leading us. And as long as we're following him, it don't really matter. It don't really matter what we face. Right? It doesn't matter because he promised to get us home. He promised to get us home. Let me close quickly. See, this is the third closing. I want us to think about Awaken for a minute, just, just real quickly. All the possession of the inhabitants of Canaan appealed to Achan. And even after seeing the miraculous work of God, he wanted some of their stuff. He just had to have some of their stuff. He knew it was wrong, so he buried it in his tent, under his tent. 
So the people go up against I, and what happened? They were miserably defeated. Miserably. So to settle this very quickly, they go back and regroup, and it's determined that there's sin in the camp. Somebody done something that God didn't like, right? That's called sin. <laughs> Whatever it looks like. Whatever you call it. Well, they found out that Achan had buried some treasures. Now, guys, I'm not saying that you're that person. I'm not accusing anyone of being Achan. Please don't go there on me. But I know for this old sinner, there's every once in a while, I got a clean house. I got to get rid of some stuff that's not really that important for the rest of my journey, right? Change. Change. And all of that stuff had no eternal value whatsoever. Not a bit of it. Are you ready to go home? Don't misinterpret that. Are you ready to go home? Tomorrow? In that moment? Or 10 years from now? Or 20 years from now? Are you ready? I'm excited. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the moment we've had, this moment in time, to consider the future. Maybe do a little reflecting on where we've been. But far more important to that is where we are right now and where we intend to go from here. So, Father, I pray that if there be anyone here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that they made clear note of the baptisms that we had this morning of what it means to confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and follow in believers' baptism through an act of love and obedience. Father, to be part of this journey called the church, this, this, this body of Christ, wherever she is found around the world, all believers. And someday, Lord, someday we're going to meet. We're going to all come together. And we're going to sit around your living room table, your dining room table, and we're going to have supper with you called the wedding supper of the Lamb. And we're going to rest. We're going to rest because the journey's over. I pray that all in this assembly this morning have that peace. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. If you're here this morning and you want to talk about salvation and how to be saved, what it means to be saved, we are available to you. If you're here this morning, you want to go to the altar and, and pray about the future. Remember, there's some uncertainties out there, folks. There'll be some surprises. But God has never once said, uh-oh. And he's never once said, I didn't see that one coming.